Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Scottish Cup semi-finalists, Heart and Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos made it four from four against St Mirren this season to book their place in the last four of this season's competition. And joining me to discuss Hearts heading for Hamden is Daniel McIver. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> doing all right. It's been... An interesting twenty-four hours after something that we'll that speak about. <laughs> we'll speak about that later. But in general, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm I'm up to my neck in uni work at present. Um, I can't sleep for whatever reason, and now I'm having even more sleepless nights uh, because of what you just referenced and what we'll come to later on. Um, again, I can't believe that Hearts' success on Saturday means it's the first time. We've beaten St Mirren four times in the same season since 85-86. The less said about that season, the better, but what a stat that is. Yeah, exactly, and what a, what a last time to do it in, in terms of a historic season for both clubs. But yeah, like yes. that was the thing, as we said a couple of weeks ago when we were in, well, when we played in Paisley, and we both said that we couldn't remember the last time we'd beaten them twice in Paisley in the same season it's because we weren't even alive for it <laughs> and then it turns out we have to go even further back to have the full gamut over them as well that we did and we'll come to obviously our match with the buddies at Tyne Castle uh, but for, before we do so of course we're going to go around the grounds like we always do so Hearts and Mirror was the only Scottish Cup tie on the Saturday a 7.45 kick-off before we I get love talking, them now. oh how good was that? That was incredible. I was reeking. I was playing catch up because my pals had been in the pub since. Oh, what time does Soccer Saturday come on? Twelve o'clock. Twelve. They were man. there for twelve one. So I was just, I just nipped into, into the boozer. Diggers, give me a shout out to Diggers. Yes. Um, straight on vodka Red Bulls, flying doubles as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a fair few. Um, however, uh, that was obviously. The Saturday and then the Sunday, uh, we saw Motherwell and Hibernian go head to head at Fur Park. Hibs winning by two goals to one against the ten man Steelmen, uh, and elsewhere Rangers eased past Dundee Dens three 0 in perhaps the most predictable performance result. You name it. Um, obviously, that was later on the Sunday after Hibs had booked their spot in the last four. Uh, and Monday night, we're recording the Tuesday night, so last night Celtic completed the trio as they also got the better of a Dundee side, winning 3-0 at Tannadice against United. We'll come to the draw. Obviously, now that was the two Edinburgh clubs and the two Glasgow clubs in the last four. But what did you make of the four ties? Because was there any real surprises, perhaps, for you? No, really. I feel like the Glasgow ties are kind of non-events. They were just... We exactly were begging for Motherwell Hibs, weren't we? Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they were just the Rangers and Celtic games went exactly as everybody predicted they would do. Um, I watched the Motherwell Hibs game though, and obviously the red card totally changes the entire point of the game. I don't know what Mugabe's doing. You're like at a home. In. It's a cup quarter final, a game away from the national stadium against a side that cannot score for love nor money. And your centre half gets sent off after two minutes. Not even inside the minute. No, was it, it was not? fifty seconds. Yeah, I, I right. was I was out for lunch on Sunday, so I, I was obviously getting the updates and could not believe it when I'd seen red card Motherwell inside, you know, a minute. 
It was ridiculous. Crazy. However, Crazy. I will say, if you watched that game, particularly the second half, you would not think Motherwell were down to 10 men at all. Hibs were absolutely terrible and were lucky to have got that two-goal lead. Not lucky in terms of they didn't deserve it in the first half. They definitely did, but second half, they were lucky that they had that cushion because... If they didn't, it was going to extra Was time. it not two one at half time? So Motherwell had pulled one back. Yeah, Motherwell, yeah. right at the end, it was like the 43rd minute or something like that. Jordan Roberts shoots, but he kind of <laughs> ricochets off the boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did see uh, that. I saw the goals, two great goals from the, uh, yeah. the young Norwegian fella. Um, but like you say, the old farm, it was routine. Yeah, basically. And now... <laughs> <laughs> the semi-finals are set and speaking about stats obviously this is now the first time in the competition's history that both Glasgow and both Edinburgh clubs are in the semi-final which I just still refuse to believe that like is, I don't that believe that corker but thinking about it is it all that surprising given more likely than not it's going to be us or Hibs that let well, that down there has been 21 occasions previously where 3 out of the 4 have done it 21 and what's the Scottish Cup been has the Scottish Cup been since about 1873 it's something like that yeah is that right that's terrible first international was 1872 so it's in it the be, 1800s yeah. it 1870s started. yeah and it's only cropped up 20 times or 21 times yeah that's madness I find that stat almost a bit more insane because you'd think that in a century and a bit there would be more than Those just... Those three or three of the four clubs would be mainstays. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's just under a quarter. You would expect it to be... I know there's so many clubs in the pyramid, but still, you'd expect it to be happening more and more, especially in times, perhaps in the early 1900s, where it's like, we were winning everything. Celtic were winning everything. Rangers were winning everything. Hibs were winning everything. Surely in those periods of times, the other three clubs were also doing somewhat decent in the cup competition. Evidently not. Um, yeah, astounding, absolutely yeah. astounding. But needless to say, it is the last four. Um, do you want to talk about the draw now, or shall we come to the tie and then discuss it? Let's draw? speak about the draw after the tie. Let's explain okay. how we got. Yeah, to that's say it. Draw. We're just we're dropping that little teaser. You, yeah. This is where loads of folk are just going to skip over. Skip over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But after you know a whole plethora of players ended up on the Tanner Ice treatment table, Hart Midlothian and Robbie Nielsen made three enforced changes uh, from the side that drew with United at Tanner Ice in the Premiership, like I say. Um, and uh, was three decent enough in terms of, you know, there was a potential that there was six casualties. It's not great, but do you get where I'm coming from? Like, it, it could have been worse. I expected there to be more. Because there was rumours well. rumors that Mackay, Benny and Haring all had wee niggles. And I was thinking, well, that's like the entirety of our midfield and creativity gone if they're eliminated. Obviously, Gordon had the treatment after the McNulty challenge last week. And there was a... In my head, I was terrified it was going to be like Ross Stewart and Macaulay Tate lining up. So... Only the three changes, I was actually really optimistic when I saw this, the starting lineup. 
And the three changes in question were Peter Haring, Ben Woodburn and Andy Halliday coming in for John Souter, Gany McKay-Steven and Cammy Devlin with Hearts lining up as follows. In a 4-2-3-1 formation, it was Craig Gordon in goal. Back four of Nathaniel Atkinson, Craig Halkett, Stephen Kingsley at left centre half and Andy Halliday at left back. Uh, Benny Beningame and Peter Haring sat in front of the back four with Barry Mackay and Ben Woodburn on the flanks. Liam Boyce supporting Ellis Sims in attack. As strong an 11 as we could have named, mate? Yeah, definitely. Especially when you look at the bench and only Aaron McInef was kind of like a, a game-changing substitute because there was just a trio of uncapped, if you want to call it, teenagers. And you looked at that and the main thing for me was that's actually a surprisingly stronger team than I was expecting. But B this team is going to have to get the job done because what is now funny to think back on, I was thinking, we can't rely on Aaron McInef to single-handedly win us this time. Well, at least least you're honest and said that, you know. My analysis is spot on as ever. But anybody could have just dismissed that thought that they'd had come half past seven on Saturday night. Um... The early exchanges, not a lot happened um, before Hearts would take the lead. Uh, Eamon Brophy has a snapshot from a tight angle that's easily gathered by Craig Gordon. Uh, Barry Mackay then tests or tries his luck a minute after. You know the outcome already because he's still not bloody scored. This is an absolute disgrace. Um, we give a go with Sims, but it's saved routinely by Jack Anik and then Liam Boyce. Has an effort which go down, which goes down Jack Annick's throat, I should say, um, before Hearts take the lead on 15 <laughs> minutes. I could not believe my eyes. Um, the unlikeliest of goal scorers, my Congolese king, doing what he does, delighted that it came at the Roseburn end so that I could see more of it rather than it being up at the Gorgie. Um, but if we discuss the goal, Barry Mackay crosses for Ellis Sims after receiving from Liam Boyce. How Ellis Sims does not score is beyond me, but to be honest, I did not care. The first time that Benny Beningame has ever wandered into the opposing six-yard box, and there he is, to stab home. 1-0, the scrappiest of goals, do not care, and I was absolutely buzzing. I could not believe it. Christened the new boots and everything, because I don't think I've seen him wear those red boots before. What a guy. What a great goal. Loved it. Of course, Benny's goal would come in the form of a tackle into the net. Because it's not a shot. He kind of just rushes the ball. Yeah, and just goes, I'll just act as if I'm making a challenge. I usually get the ball when I do that and just kind of rushes in. I mean, I will be honest. I'll be honest. As soon as I realised it was Benny, the first thing I did was think of how you must be going mental. I could not believe my eyes. Genuinely, I like I say, the new boots. I just, oh, I just adore him. I really, really do. His interview afterwards, he's talking about the boys getting on it like Barry Mackay for not scoring yet. Oh, that was wholesome content from a Saturday night. And considering I've had a couple, obviously, I was, I, I was vulnerable. I was teary. Okay, I, I, oh, could feel it. Um, we'll overlook the fact that he said. 2-2 two, two down um, obviously no I like that I like that mentality o- obviously a draw's getting well, beat 
No, it's 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 not. I don't think it's a mentality thing. I think he's just knackered from the ninety minutes. No, I take it as a positive that he views a draw as a loss, and I like that. Well, either way, that's exactly the mentality that I'm I'm after as well. If you truly believe that it is that, yep, definitely. Jack Hannick gets an assist because he just passes it to him. My <laughs> like, Congolese king. If you know, you know what a I don't. I don't know what's going on with Sims and Anik. Like Anik seems he, to forget he has beef. hands. Yeah, like, he seems to just forget that he's a goalkeeper and can pick it up because he just exclusively tries to use his feet to get it away from Sims. And as a result, I mean, again, I know I say this a lot on this podcast and people will get sick of it, but I have personal experience with Jack Anik in goals as he was Newcastle's goalkeeper for two years. And this is the Jack Anik I've been waiting on <laughs> arriving. In the last couple of games against us, he's been doing what I expect him to do. There's well, been all these other games he's doing it for Aberdeen next season, because that seems well, to be the rumour, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. But delighted for Benny. You could tell with not just his celebration, but the way the squad reacted to him. Oh. Everybody was delighted about it. Nielsen took the piss out of him in his post-match interview. Just a great time all round. It really was. I I honestly felt like a proud father. <laughs> um, look, and from there on in, all we were asking for was to keep up that sort of intensity because it was only 15 minutes on the clock when we take the lead. Yeah. Um, and can I just say... Like we briefly touched on it, the seven forty-five kickoff. What Can we just have them forever now? Game changer! It was absolutely electric at Tiny on Saturday it was night. Amazing Un- under the lights, everybody reeking, everybody cheering. Set me. Boys. I was just sat there, you. So- sober, <laughs> loving life. But you must have felt like you'd had a couple in you, given. Well, this this crazy is the thing. Nature. So I obviously don't drink, but it was. I just, I don't even know what it was. Maybe it was just because everybody else was steaming and it's a Scottish cup tie, so it's different. Like, cup ties are always different. It does But it was amazing. Feel. I want every game at quarter to, night, uh, quarter to eight on a Saturday now. Let's get Livy this weekend. Move to quarter to eight. It'll be, quarter, it'll be five all. We're not interested. We're not interested in Jeff and the boys reporting on Soccer Saturday. No. I never watch them anyway. Fuck them. Nah. So, who cares? Uh, that show has died a death but we're not here to talk about Soccer yeah. Saturday. We're here to talk about the men in Maroon. And, look, we then go 2-0 up. Ella Sims had shot and it trickled out for a throw-in. We're going to excuse that and we're just going to come on to Big Pedro's goal. That was yeah. really funny. That was... Because he does so well. and It's like a really good move. And it's like, oh, oh, it's gone out for a throw-in. That's, <laughs> that's the element of Sims where I'm like, he's really good but he is still a wee bit raw. Because that, I love him. Th- there, was a, there was a couple of my pals, like the whole gang were out, it was great. Um, and there's a couple that weren't too weren't too confident in his first touch. I don't I, I don't think it's that bad, because I still think his hold-up play is effective. Um, I think he gets into good areas. His shooting is suspect at times, but listen, if he needs a couple and still bags one... I'm I'm all for it. Um, What's he got? Like four and eight or something? Like can't can't argue. It's a great with it. return. And, yeah. and exactly. And I and I was adamant that he should have been kept on the park when a couple of my pals were, you know, saying that his first touch was rank and should have been taken off. Well, and get his to first that later touch on. can be a bit suspect sometimes, but I 
I don't think it's that much of a negative because, as you say, his all-round game is really good, yeah. so I can excuse that. It, he's what Armand Nand really should have been. A big focal point that we can actually build upon. And can score goals. Yeah. yeah. What a novelty. Talking about scoring goals, Love I felt that. like a proud dad at this point. And, and a big man. A very big <sighs> man. Um Breaks to Liam Boyce after Ellis Sims holds up. Northern Irishman sends it out wide to Ben Woodburn, who, in fairness, sends a gorgeous, gorgeous first-time pass. And there he is, into big Peter Haring's path. Pedro coming along, stabbing home from all of about eight yards. Simple stuff, great goal, 2-0 to the famous. Happy days. I really appreciated his celebration because he kind of just does that and I really liked it. He just does a wee shuffle and it's great. I mean, listen, I will hold my hands up here. I don't think in the first half he was that great. I thought he was good. I thought he's like he was winning the ball back a lot. I thought his passing was a bit suspect. Second half, he just came out and became prime Peter Haring again. And he got BBC's man of the match. I just think... It's mental if we don't offer him a deal. Again, if he chooses not to, if he chooses not to sign, totally different. But if Joe Savage and Robin Nielsen have decided he's in a group that we don't know, then I'm worried about next season's football and decisions. Because look at that performance (laughs) and tell me he doesn't deserve a new deal. That's that's all they've said. Um, Look, we we bore everybody to tears every week with saying that we're both big admirers of, of Pete um, needless to say we're both hoping that he uh, is offered that new deal and chooses to accept um, I will say you, you mentioned him I thought uh, we'll actually get to him in a wee oh bit God. but I'll, oh I'll no, say a positive thing nine? for him I'll say a positive for oh, him Jesus. it was a good pass it's a great pass it's I, a really good I, pass I don't excuse that my, my I'll speak about I'll speak about him later <laughs> but my concern is then what he does for over an hour after that yes exactly <laughs> yep I agree with that but we'll get to that when it comes we will get to that um, however Hearts had gone two to the good but it would only last for six minutes um, as the buddies would pull one back Jack Annick goes long Greg Kilty flicks on after a collision with Andy Halliday Richard Tate is marauding up from right back Drives on, picks out Eamon Brophy, who sends a sweet volley past Craig Gordon in a flash right into the top corner. 2-1, certainly game on. And I've said on this podcast that I'm a fan of Eamon Brophy. I know he's not the most prolific of goal scorers, but I just feel as though whenever I watch him, he is a nuisance. He occupies defenders, but that's a fantastic finish. And then... Questions are questions aren't asked, but it certainly is a little bit more sceptical in the stands. Would you not say, MacIver? So I think Eamon Brophy is like one of the most overhyped players in Scotland. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I think he's terrible. I think Halkett again, like he did in Paisley, just bodied him for ninety minutes, and there was an aspect That's of because Craig Halkett's blossom. the best the best player in the world. <laughs> well, I think there's an there's an aspect of the fact that the Hearts team switch off because they assume a foul's coming and it doesn't, so they're oh, out of position by a step. You're not in the finish. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So they're out of position by a step and Brophy's capitalised on that and got in front and my shit. It's an amazing finish. Don't take anything away from that. But that doesn't... But I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter be like, see, that's proof that Brophy's great. It's like, well, I've seen plenty of strikers have one-off great goals 
And it's like, well, then what does he do for the rest of the game? He did absolutely nothing for the rest of the game when St Mirren needed their strikers uh, to pull them back in. I don't know. I feel as though that's that's down to a solid Hearts performance. Definitely, absolutely. But at the same time, great players and people who, because Brophy's kind of got this like cult following in Scottish football. I don't really know where it's come from. Yeah, the big bad wolf stuff. Yeah, Yeah, he was too sweet in R.I.P. Scott Hall. But, I mean, I just think Brophy, if he was at the level he was going to be at, that a lot of people have said he was going to, he would get that goal and be like, right, switched on now. And and create at least another chance. I don't remember him doing anything else for the rest of the game. I'm not expecting him to suddenly just get St Mirren on his back and go, I'm dragging you to Hamden. This is the thing, because at 2-1, I was looking at it thinking, we've praised St Mirren for a little piece. You know, I know obviously now it's Stephen Robinson as opposed to Jim Goodwin in the dugout. But Jim Goodwin had assembled a a decent squad. They're they're not a bad side, St Mirren. Um, And it's when they pulled it back to 2-1 that again, he'd only really had that snapshot early on, and other than that, they didn't really threaten. So that was my concern, that it was basically them scoring their first goal from their second chance. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. And I think that you're entitled to worry, considering we are hearts. (laughs) And we have a lot of previous for this. Um, But listen, I said it on Twitter afterwards, and people can believe me or not, obviously saying this from the benefit of hindsight, at no point during this game was I worried we wouldn't win. I, d- I disagree slightly as well that St Mirren are a decent side. I think Jim Goodwin is a good manager and got better performances out of that side. And to be honest, we're now seeing yeah. with Stephen Robinson this squad... Sl- he's not, I don't he's think they're the worst squad in by fairness. Far. Exactly, and it'll be interesting to see yeah. what he does in the summer I agree with with that. bringing in these new players. I'm but I think that. they're a bottom six side. I don't think they're a top no, six side. Know. I think it's a bit harsh. Um, look, either way, for me, not that the complexion of the game changed, but certainly... That, I don't know. I just felt we, lost like, our, we lost our rhythm. We did. There, there was something in the air, I think, for a, a little bit. I mean... Jordan Jones has a free kick which is headed into Gordon's gloves again by Eamon Brophy. Um, and the last chance of the first half oh, there was one that really, really infuriated me. Um, because Craig Halkett, I don't even know what you're going to say. Craig no smashes off the bar after oh, a, a Halliday in-swinging corner headed back yeah. in by Haring. Boyce sort of goes for the spectacular. He's trying some like overhead kick and um, but it drops to Halks, who smashes the woodwork. Could not believe it remained 2-1. Um, and then Benny Beningame, doing what he does, commits a fantastic foul to prevent a Saints counter afterwards. My guy. My dad was furious at that. The Beningame one? Yep. He was I thought that furious. was a fantastic foul. I realised that, that was, that was, I was like alcohol. <laughs> but I think me with my sober head I was thinking I was shouting foul on Benny just foul because oh, they were going through they were away yeah, they were yeah away. exactly but I do get my dad's point and I saw uh, other people say this um, the evening you said it it kind of meant that Benny lost a bit of his efficiency because I see, I thought Benny was outstanding on Saturday he's got night. that little bit more caution that he's on a book yeah because yeah. he was fulfilling Perhaps. he was fulfilling the Devlin role because Haring is obviously the more 
cultured, calm one who controls it. So Benny then had to go, oh, okay, I need to be the energetic one winning the ball back. Yeah, yeah. And he was amazing at it. He was so good. But Don't then the booking kind of meant... Yeah. record sale, you know, bring that back. The, the booking kind of meant that he couldn't do it as efficiently, so I think he kind of fell out of the game a wee bit. Still thought he was great, but I think he went from a nine to like an eight. Fair enough. I I, I can't dispute that. Um, what a wonderful footballer. Three-year deal. Unbelievable business. It's so weird that the injury was actually the best thing that's happened to him because he started to Remarkably, drop off a wee yeah. bit. Yeah, I think I think you might be right because it seems as though he's got to re-earn that place. I, yeah. I, I'm a massive fan of us not just chucking him back in there. Previous management it- regimes would have gone, he's been absolutely outstanding up to now, he's taken a knock, we're gagging on him getting back, we rush him back, he probably then gets injured again and it's worsened. Whereas yep. now we're biding our time, also counting on others to perform in his absence, don't get me of wrong, course. but... He has re-earned it, and he ha- you're right. He's been fantastic since since he was injured. Yep, definitely. Cred- credit to my Congolese king. What a player. Um, second half starts off. If I know, if we get to half-time, 2-1 up, you're thinking, grab a third and this is done. I thought it was even done if we didn't score again. Wow. I didn't see them scoring again, and for obvious reasons, they needed something special to score. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they just... They didn't make a lot of clear-cut chances, and then I think like seventy percent of that is down to the fact that we defended incredibly well, and then especially with what is basically a makeshift defence. There was essentially one player Stephen playing the position again. Outstanding. Kingsley is just—it's unbelievable. Like he said in an interview with—I actually think it was just the club's media where he was like, "Oh yeah." I've played exclusively up until I went to Swansea at left back and then I kind of moved a wee bit and then coming up here I've never played left centre half before and you'd think that is his actual position watching them I will say I don't want to be too negative but I want to speak about because half time's a good time I'm really really (laughs) running out of patience with him I Um, knew it can I just say I'm inclined to agree I would prefer him as a winger because I think going forward he looks really good. I, I don't even think he's all that decent going forward, if I'm honest. Well, I, know, I, th- I know later down the line... Yeah, we'll get to him we'll get being to efficient. Yeah, but, but... He is suspect defensively. Your prime, like your primary job as a defender is to defend. Yeah, and, I, and, and you'd voice your concerns with regards to replacing Michael Smith. Totally get that. Because Smith is a steady Eddie at the back. And yeah. it... <sighs> I don't want to say he's just as good going forward as he is defensively because I do think he's a better defender than going forward. However, but he's still you can rely on him. Exactly, he's still of you know an adequate standard. Um, Atkinson does this thing, by the way, now that I thought, oh, maybe he'll just he's just doing that. I noticed it first in the Celtic game. I was like, oh, maybe he's just doing that because he's a wee bit nervous and he, he doesn't know. He just wants to impress. Now I'm like, oh no, he thinks that's the right move. He gets the ball. I notice it more in the first half because he's down at my side and he takes it and instead of playing a ball up the line or playing it inside to his centre half partnership he takes a touch inside and attempts to play a switch it has still to this day it's never worked Hataki scored from it 
Yeah, Hatati scored from it because it allowed Tom Rogic to nick the ball off him as he went to play the ball, plays it to Hatati. Ramirez nearly scored from it in the Aberdeen game because whoever was on the left-hand side for Aberdeen nicked it off him and then Ramirez played through for it. And there was a time was that, away at... Hmm. Was, 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 that the, was that the Beningame recover? Or a, no, it was a Stephen oh, Kingsley might, recovery. Stephen Kingsley yeah, recovery, yeah. We, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that come from the Atkinson pass. I just, listen, I totally get it. Next season, once he's had a pre-season under his belt, that will change it. And I do understand when people say, you can't just compare it to Cameron and Devlin who's hit the ground running because they are different. And I totally, totally agree with that. But in my opinion, we need to go and sign a right back in the summer because I don't trust him. What I will say is, you need only look at who's in the dugout as well to improve defensively as a right back. I just don't get it. How so, can he have him as a manager and not be improving? Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. Because Nathaniel Atkins is probably better going forward than Robbie ever was. But yeah. Robbie Nielsen was a solid defender. That whole right hand side was really suspect. I'm saying there I was really confident and I was. But all their ironically was on the right, Woodburn. Yeah, Woodburn and Atkins. Say no more. Like, <laughs> sick of it. I was just I just felt that they didn't, Woodburn nearly got nearly gave oh. a penalty in the first half as well by Jesus. doing the most ridiculous thing ever where he just doesn't clear it and then just goes to kick somebody. I'm just thinking about our upcoming fixtures. Alan Forrest has been flying for Livy. Reagan Charles Cook's been flying for Ross that, County. That terrifies oh, the shit Jesus. out of me. Oh, dear. But positivity for now. Yeah. I mean, we're that, about to get you something negative, but it's fine. Actually, well, no, it's positive. I don't care. It's yeah, positive. I, I was going to say, I, the negativity is only St Mirren having an opportunity beforehand. In fairness, Jack Anik had saved from Joe Shaughnessy nearly inadvertently putting into his own net after Ben Woodburn has shot. That was hilarious. Um, there's a Saints corner, which Greg Kilty's Hil- Greg header, um, obviously a Richard Tate cross, that's, that's saved by Gordon. But Hold on, because all this comes on. from Atkinson. Oh, St Mirren clear oh, this, this is an Atkinson agenda you've got here. But I think both... The entire first half, most of their chances came at fault of Atkinson, and their goal comes from Atkinson because John is Jones a, is a good player as well. To be fair, yes, I do absolutely. Like Jones. Always but have. it is a long ball up for Atkinson before that corner that you're about to speak about that you just mentioned there, where Greg Kelty heads, uh, heads over. Atkinson lets it bounce in front of him instead of just putting his foot through it or putting his head through That's it. That's the golden rule as a defender. Don't let the ball bounce. It's unbelievable. Even I know and that. I've yeah, never played at it, the back of my life. Then it goes out for a corner on the the kind of wheat field side, which goes out for a corner, which is the Greg Kilty corner, which goes out for a corner, which is what you're about to speak about. So it all came from Atkinson, just not putting his head through it, putting his foot through it or controlling it. And this is the thing, because said corner, you know, there's all sorts of goings on in the box. I'm not blaming Liam Boyce for this whatsoever. I think because, we do everything right. Because he's, yeah, he's the one that hooks it away. I was sat right behind this. I was in awe. It was, it was watching un- it down the barrel. Unbelievable! Like it's at the net, which is on my side. His first touch is actually a hindrance rather than a help, and he just lashes it. It's not a cross. It's no a chance. Shot. He knows exactly what he's doing because even from the angle that's sort of behind the goal, there's an angle where 
it's literally at the right hand side post and it's yeah dead on behind it and you sort of see him have a wee nosy what a hit from Conor Roden it's an absolute worldie I can't think of many if any better goals that I've seen from an opposition player at Tynecastle since I've been going what 20 years well Robbie said it was the best goal he's seen at Tynecastle since he's been here now a lot of people went does that include your time as a player because you were playing in the Bordeaux game (laughs) that's a great shout that's a contender (laughs) but if it means managerially apart from Turks. Raker the next week after the derby where he did it again I can't remember Wraith Rovers Wraith yeah but even that it's less impressive and Barry Mackay was the best player on the pitch that day on loan at Rovers just saying pointed him out to my dad then and you know years (laughs) down the line here we are excuse this no I I swear he he will back me up on that 100% you're not taking credit for Barry Mackay seven years later no no, but I certainly am from the summer you're welcome Joe (laughs) not a problem anytime you want a one on one meeting we can discuss targets whenever you know I'm free it's just like it's one of those goals where everybody around us just went oh fair play (laughs) <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like, you can get annoyed at that. It's one of those where, had I not sat where I sit, it's a sly little. Like, did you see that? That was. I think I did. I think I actually did clap. Like, I was just like, fair play. Fair like, that's play. amazing. An absolute worldy. And look, I don't want to go all transfer talk here, but if the papers are to be believed, Scott Burns, I think, was reporting. The Aberdeen one I can get because obviously it's Jim Goodwin that's identified Ronan on loan from from Wolves, but supposedly we could be in for him. What do you uh, what do you make of that? I've watched him a couple of times. I think he's decent. The only thing I know about him is that he scores rakers. That's all I know. Loves a worldie. That's good enough for me. (laughs) But then he'll come to us and never score (laughs) ever again. Told never to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Well, developed um, Benny Bringame syndrome, and the, exactly like you said, his, his one goal was a tackle in essence. Yeah. Um, little bit of insight here because I was boring oh. and went and read Wolves t- forums about lone players because I saw well, this link. That sounds like an exhilarating Saturday night. Oh, it was, it was great, mate. <laughs> it was time of my life. How come you didn't send over the link? I know, exactly. I'm so sorry. Basically, there's six players out on loan from Wolves just now. All of them are roughly at our level. Either Obviously, there's no one up here in the league, but there's five other players out of different clubs. And apparently, the kind of MO next season is to take those six players and move them up a level. Whatever you take that to mean. What is that, so 123s? No, in incentive like so. It's like I don't know how old Connor Roden oh, is. Oh right, I see what you're saying. So like, rather than let's just say playing at Saints, St. Mirren, yeah, Saints are mid table. It would be you know a, a side that finishes towards the upper end of the Premiership. But importantly, a side that could potentially be playing group stage European football. I know a side so, that could potentially be playing European groups. Yes, exactly. So I think there's an aspect of which whatever level the player has been at, they want to take it up a step. And I think Wolves could look at us and go, oh, well, he's already played in that division for a season, so he knows it. And then an added bonus is that he can play at a higher level. That It won't be a regular thing. It'll be an occasional thing, and it can get him tested at that level. I, I thought I heard somebody say, I, I don't know if it was... 
maybe on Sports Sound, Richard Gordon or whoever, I'm fairly certain I've heard somebody say that he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, Not this season. He's got next. a year left. All oh, right, okay. The well, reported figure, though, however, is half a million. I, well, put it this way: I know a man that's currently unemployed, but wasn't, you know, at Wolves so long ago. So, Ian Cathro, um, why don't you <laughs> chuck in a, a good word for us? <laughs> Bring him home. He'd run away if Cathro told him how he found hearts. <laughs> Can I just say, talking about Ian Cathro and Wolves there. Matt Doherty, we're in the boozer beforehand watching United Spurs. How is Matt Doherty a Premier League footballer? It genuinely astounds me. It's the most embarrassing thing about English football. Oh, that's, yeah, your league loses all credibility. 15 million quid or something Spurs paid for him. Unbelievable. He just looks like he's constantly terrified Andy Driver's going to appear at any moment. Who's the bigger robbery? Doherty for 15 million or Ben Woodburn on loan from Liverpool? Can we speak about Woodburn now? By all means, the floor is yours. Listen, me and Hearts, though, got a little bit of stick from one Richard Cobb. There's a shock. I know, exactly. (laughs) Headline news. As Hearts, though, I believe, said something to the effect of I will drive Ben Woodburn down to Liverpool myself and I'll hyperventilate at T-junctions. <laughs> that was something to the effect I, of their two. I'll chum them in the passenger seat, fully, fully on board. Well, I said I don't drive and I'll still take that risk. So, this is the thing. Richard's point, and I get it, was that of all games to focus on, the, games where he, the game where he actually gets an assist is perhaps a bit harsh. And I do get that generally. Get if, you look at the, if you look at the game as a whole, he did contribute... It it wasn't just like one of those assists where it's a technicality where it's like oh he was the last person to pass. I was going to say exactly that. Aside from Connor Ronan's worldie, it's probably one of the best pieces of skill in the game because that's a hard ball to play. It was it was very good and inch perfect. Yeah, definitely. It's literally put on a plate for Haring. Outside that moment, though, I felt he was terrible again. I felt like most. Well, I was about to say all the players that featured on the night. There was only 13 of them, and Toby Sibick doesn't really count. So, out of the 12... I forgot he was even players, on. Tell yeah. us, us all the highlights. I was like, when the hell did he come on? Yeah. Out of the 12 players that featured, I'd say Atkinson and Woodburn were by far the two weakest. And Woodburn just... I saw. I, I really do apologise for whoever this was, because I can't remember um, who said it. But someone on Twitter was like, you can totally see why Ben Woodburn was signed for Liverpool and why he is where he is now. Because on the ball, he's clearly got talent, he's clearly got the ability, but he has no heart, he has no desire, he has no strength. He just looks like he doesn't want to get involved in tackles. And, I mean, if you want to speak about how, oh, you probably as a football player, you never really hope that the sub that goes on for you does really well because it kind of proves you were the right player to come off. To have been ineffective well, you, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't have had a bigger impact and proof of, well, here's one guy doing one thing in the form of Woodburn for 63 minutes or whatever it was, and here's McInerney for half the time, and look at how much they imprinted on the game. <laughs> half the time? I mean the overall. I mean overall. <laughs> like, he was on the pitch for like 28 minutes or something okay. like that. Well... I mean, before we get to Aaron McInerney and his instant impact, I think you're spot on. I, 
it's not that I believe Ben Woodburn's a bad footballer. I don't I don't ever think that I've said that he's a poor footballer. My main gripe is his application or lack mm. of. I just want to see that you're up for the fight. To be honest, I d- look, I'm not disputing the talent. He is a talented boy, but we've seen it really because. Again, it goes back to the old case of like <laughs> hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm. It's it's that simple for me. Um, and you saying that about the right hand side, I'm oh, I was feeling confident ahead of Livingston now, and Ross. It's Kenny just that we will other fixtures to come. I don't think Woodburn should be starting. Though. When's we'll get Michael to Smith that. back? Six weeks. Six weeks is too long. Yeah, he probably will miss the cup game as well, which is terrifying. Which of course, we're going to come to. That's great. Um, <sighs> fantastic. It's all coming up, Millhouse. It'll be yep. fine. Relax. But listen, from now on, it's just positivity because the rest of this game was class. Yeah, and that was largely, in essence, like we say, due to Aaron McInnes' instant impact. Um, what I will say is despite being paid back at two each, I was very encouraged to see us still trying to play some lovely football, not letting it get us down too much, albeit the goal was an absolute worldie, like we say. Um, the Andy Halliday chance I thought was really unlucky, where Mackay yeah. sort of slips it into Haring, finds Boyce, he plays a kind of first-time ball on the turn to Halliday, but it's just, it's the, it's the right idea, just a tiny wee bit of the wrong conviction, and it allows Jack Anik to make, make a save. Um, but, again, like like we say, Aaron McInef sends one for Nathaniel Atkinson out wide after receiving from Halkett, who dribbles out of defence as though he's John Suter. Um, the Aussie shrugs off Jordan Jones for the first time, and the last time, um, <laughs> looks to square for Sims before it eventually falls out to Aaron McInef, who continues his run and seems to sort of just knee it. It's a volley with his thigh. Yep. Home, 26 seconds or whatever it is, phenomenal impact. And this is my story. Obviously, Liam Corbett, who runs the account on Twitter, and he'd been, he'd been very vocal about substitutes not changing games. Since Paisley, they've actually been really good at doing that. So long yeah. may that continue. Definitely, especially as I said earlier, McInef was the only sub that you would think, oh, they can come on and change the game. Obviously... Like, Macaulay Tate, Andy Kirks, Miladi, they could have, but we just don't know. that It's a complete gamble throwing on these young guys. Loved Robbie saying that they get some of the win bonus as well. I, so I hope they had an absolute blast. <laughs> Absolutely. But McInev was, and I think he'll know it, he knew it as well, going, I'm probably going to get on in this game. This is my opportunity because there's no one else to come on for me. And as you say, he basically starts the move with a great pass across to Atkinson. And this is the thing, Atkinson does incredibly well, incredibly well to keep fighting and manage to get that ball across. And you can just see, I always love it when Aaron McInef scores because he always goes ballistic. He does, he's, he goes nuts. And down in that corner as well, he's made a habit of It's always in, in front corner. of me. Like, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, like you can just tell every single time he scores how much it means to him. And he's been very public in the last few days about speaking how he has been frustrated that he's not been getting the game Rightly so, wants. I might add, because, again, I was, I was listening to it open goal before we came on here, and Andy Halliday said that his application and whatnot and training has been 
consistent. All the boys seem to really like him. I, I do like McInerney. He gives us something different in midfield, I think. Um, and he's had to be patient, had to buy his time, and talk about taking your opportunity. Delighted. I would love to see him start. He needs to start ahead, on Saturday. Ahead of, ahead of Woodburn. He has to. You can't... Because I think, and obviously we'll get to his involvement in the final goal as well, I don't think if you come on and have that level of performance and then Ben Woodburn is started ahead of you, I think that kind yeah, of is a marker right, yeah, that it's be, like, that's it, you're going to have to yeah. go in the summer. He's got every right to be knocking Robbie's door down from yeah, the morning. 100%. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, we, we can talk about, obviously, the, the last goal. Um, but Big Pete... We've both profused our love for him. He could have had a hat trick. <laughs> because there's one where he fires over from a Sims cross, but he just blasts that, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> into the hospitality of the Gorgie, doesn't he? Um, and then God. he heads over a Barry Mackay corner, which free header, but I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Big Pedro. I don't think it's the easiest of free headers. Yeah, it's like a diving header coming across. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have had to have been phenomenal. To yeah. loop over Anik and into the into the corner, um, Jack Anik also saved a free kick from Stephen Kingsley, which oh I my god, so did I. And <laughs> considering so that cold. I tweeted out off the account on the Friday, saying that the last time that the two had met at Tynecastle, Stephen Kingsley scored a worldly free kick. I was thinking, if he bags this, I know exactly what I'm going to tweet. Um, but inches inches from my my defensive diamond. Um, but it wouldn't be long before Hearts would seal the deal 84 minutes on the clock uh, Nathaniel Atkinson contributing in an offensive sense mm-hmm. like you say I'm actually starting to think that might have been a wee bit harsh earlier on <laughs> it spreads out wide to Aaron McInef who crosses for Ellis Sims to stab home from close range first touch is decent enough there because it's goal bound 4-2 game done Hearts are heading to Hamden super oh. I wanted to say, Jimmy Sanderson was very harsh, I felt, on Aaron McInef here. Yeah, because he said, what, did, what was it he said? He said it's a terrible ball in. And that Sims makes it a decent ball in. Yeah. I think it's a great ball in a really dangerous area that allows Sims to just make contact with it and it goes in. I don't know. It is a good ball. And it is sort of made by the run, but why can't we praise both, both. Sims' positioning <laughs> yeah. and the ball? What, exactly. It takes two to tango, and ultimately they did. I I was so chuffed. It was so funny because literally about forty five seconds before that goal goes in, my dad nudges me and goes, "Sims has been shite the night, by the way. He's been absolutely not rubbish. having that. Not having that. <laughs> not at all, Graham. That is nonsense. My man holds up, brings others into play. <laughs> I look." And again, I think his argument was he was offside a lot. I, <laughs> I turned to the boys that were Slaty's first touch. I was like, "Doubt him now." What? <laughs> There's his first, first touch. touch. Bang! <laughs> Suck on that. I'm just delighted for him. He's, he's like come in and had such a huge impact, and he, he's just really reliable. And yeah, listen, I worry that we've maybe focused on too many negatives from that game, and they were kind of just all in the form of Atkinson and Woodburn. But generally, on the night. Really good performance overall. I want to say my personal man of the match was Halkett. He was just imperious yet again. Just, it is unbelievable. If you go back a year and watch the Queen of the South game where we got beat and he looks like he's on ice skates at some times and just panicking and doesn't look to have any confidence. And then you come literally 12 months on and he is now... 
the defender that if he sees on the team sheet, you go, right, that's good. We've got solidity. We've got someone who we can trust, allow others to express themselves a wee bit more. And in my opinion, he's our best defender. I, I'm just, sorry, I was listening to all that, but I'm just loading up the Scotland squad for the two friendlies. You're not telling me that Craig Halkett is a worse defender than Scott McKenna, for instance. Yeah. I'm delighted he's not there. Yeah. But he will be gutted and after the season it, he's having. It's the same as Stephen Kingsley. Like, Greg Taylor's yeah. included. I, I saw the TSF boys saying that they... Well, I think Ryan, who is a Celtic fan, said that he wouldn't swap Greg Taylor for Stephen Kingsley. That's insane. I'm not having that at all. No chance. Stephen Kingsley is possibly the greatest defender of all time. Um, good good thing is, doesn't it fucking market. matter if they wouldn't nope. take them because he's that worse? I'm, I'm, gut- he's... I'm gutted for them, obviously not getting that you know exposure and what have you. But yeah, of course, but I'm delighted. From a perspective, thank you <laughs> yeah. very much, Steve Clark. I will certainly take that. Um, <laughs> can I just say, we have waxed lyrical about, you know, a plethora of positives. <laughs> I'm thinking back, I'm thinking back to an episode where you had slated Benny Beningamy for not shooting on occasion when he's invited to. I was loving this moment. I was howling at yeah, this so episode. Because he's invited to shoot by the crowd, and obviously now the, the monkey's off his back. And he just, he does a great Peter Haring impression and just sends one high into the Gorgie stand. I just couldn't oh. believe he knew how to kick a ball that hard. Oh, he can do it. Man. He's been proven that he can do it. What a guy. What a guy. What a team. What a performance. Um, and Barry Mackay must be having a fever dream, by the way. He's... Spewing. He must be absolutely <laughs> livid. How have um, the most defensive midfielders I think I've ever seen at Hearts both got on the score sheet before he has? Mate, it is a disgrace. How, oh, more on that to come. Anyway, can, I don't know where I was going to go with this because it was a great night, but I couldn't help but think back to Motherwell in the League Cup under Levine this this totally reminded me of that game and I know it's the same stage of a, a competition albeit a different one this being in the Scottish as opposed to the league same scoreline you know our opponents scored an absolute worldy to equalise um, just a fantastic contest electric atmosphere under the lights and that to me reminded me that when Tynecastle is rocking there really is nowhere like it so long live the, the quarter to eight kickoffs big fan and Gorgie was bouncing it was class. absolutely brilliant buzzing um, so oh, no buzzing now thoroughly enjoyed our evening um, and as we alluded to earlier going around the grounds we were left with the two Edinburgh clubs and the two oh, Glasgow clubs to, uh, to complete the Scottish Cup draw um, the draw was made as Daniel said earlier, the first time ever that that four was the last four. Um, number one came first out the bowl, um, which was Celtic. As soon as that happened, I knew what was going to come next. I just knew it. I see. I was the total opposite. I was adamant that two was going to pop up, but thankfully no. that was not the case. It was number four, meaning that Rangers would take on Celtic in an old firm semi-final. However, more importantly for us, I did not give a toss the way that the balls came out. My heart was racing. 
as it now means that Hart Midlothian and Hibernian will meet at Hampden Park yet again in Scotland's Premier Cup competition. Holy moly! Whoa! I can't handle this. Look, a game away from European group stage football. How does that sound? At this point, I do not care. I just care about beating them. I don't care the ramifications of it. I don't even, even really give a shit about the Scottish Cup final if we get there. I'll just be like, Aye, that's a free hit. doesn't matter. <laughs> a 10-0 loss, who gives a shit? We'll get relegated again. doesn't matter. Just beat The bipolar them. nature of Hartman holding us back. We need to beat them. We've got two derbies in a week. I that will die. That is mental. I will die of stress. <laughs> I can't handle that. No one can. Can we cancel the league one? Because it's going to be the worst game in the history of football. Because nobody wants to get hurt. But, say... Look, this is merely theory. You're the one that's always been more adamant that that's third secured. Say we mathematically secured third, which isn't a stretch, with a victory over Hibs. Does that give us a bit of a morale boost heading into the, the Hamden game? Or do you think that that just goes out the window? I think either side... I think Hibs could beat us 10-0 in the week or we could beat them 10-0 in the week and it will have no bearing in the semi-final. I'm checking if it's actually mathematically doable now that I'm mouthing off about this. because I don't think it is because if we won both games, we would go... No, we've not got three games. No, we've got Livingston, then Ross County, then Hibs are the third game. Hibs are the third game, right, okay. Yeah, So, so if we won all three, that would be nine points and we're currently on... Currently, thirteen points clear, which would take us twenty-two yeah. points yeah, clear. F- five games to go. Yeah, that is doable. Oh yeah, there is only that five is games to go. At that stage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why did? It, why did? It, come on, Adam, back yourself. <laughs> I mean, doable. I just think this is the thing. I think that if I think whoever wins that, say there's a winner, right? Say there's a winner in the league derby. I don't think it will benefit them. But I also don't think it'll be a hindrance to them. because I think Surely there's got to be, given that they've both ended 0-0. Maybe, but in the sense of, I think the team winning will be thinking... Actually, folks on the other side. Whichever team loses, their fans will go, that doesn't matter, we'll it's beat you in the more one. important game, yeah. and our players will use that as vengeance to try and be like alright you lost that one make sure you don't lose this one whereas the winners will be saying no that means that we've got the momentum now we're going to go in and it'll be easier I can't, it's, I can't believe you're actually trying to convince me that I'd settle for a draw against no, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not saying to ensure that. that we win at Hamden no I'm not but saying that's, that that's how my mind's working I'm thinking if, if we're following that logic a draw's another point on the board Albeit, I'd be disappointed at not beating them at home again. All but, I'm saying is, I don't I think gladly, that league game, the Hamden game, is the far more important one. Yeah, I, I'm not Fully. saying settle for a draw, be happy with no. a win, loss. Anything I know like you're that. not. I, just I mean, know you're not. But I don't think it will affect it. But if if you were offered a draw with guarantee of us winning at Hamden, we're taking that. I'd take a loss if it meant that we were winning at Hamden. I don't care about this derby. I don't care about this derby now. I mean, on the day, I will, it will be the only thing I care about. But <laughs> exactly, that's why I'm just like... Ugh. If you were to say to me, would you take a loss in the week when you're already whatever clear, but then you definitely will beat them at Hampton? It'll be like, I don't care what happens in that derby. Oh. 
<laughs> the dream is to win them both. That is the absolute dream, that and it'll be, be sensational. It'll be the biggest week of our lives as Hearts fans. Here, here's a point for you. This will be Robbie's redemption. Well, I said this on Twitter. Yeah, either it will. It will be Robbie's redemption. Robbie could or, redeem himself here. Or if, we'll get beat at Hamden. Oh my god! And Foco want him sacked, even though we've just got third by a mile in European football. If he beats Hibs at Hamden and one of the old firm in the final to lift Hearts the Scottish Cup, that's it. That's well, it. You no, you cannot you cannot possibly. But he yeah, hates them still. Yeah, but that's like because he I would know, then become know, a select like, like a legend. He would be the best manager in our lifetimes, like statistically. And I know that it's ifs, buts, and maybes. It that's that's a halcyon scenario. I'm just, if he did I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna have a look to see what price we are with. If Robbie wins the cup, the we should be. We should we should give him a three and a half year deal. We should give him a five year deal if he wins the cup. Competitions. Here we go. Right, Scottish Cup. This is with Skybet. Feel free to uh, sponsor us. Um, get in touch. Uh, I'm just looking at the win outright. So Celtic are even money. Mm-hmm. You've got Rangers at five to four. What price do you think Hearts are to win it outright? At to win stage? it? Yeah. Like twelve to one. You're far more generous than the bookies. Hibs are eleven to one. Five to one. Sevens, you'll get seven to one for Hearts uh, to win the Scottish Cup at this stage. I mean, I guess we're out the final four, so it's like, and we've got probably the easiest tie of the three. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking, I'm properly thinking with my heart's head instead of looking at it from a neutral perspective. Because from a neutral perspective, this should be us through to the final. They're, our heads up our arse. Let's be honest. Let's, uh, this is horrible. <laughs> this. this is not nice. I do not care about the Livingston and Ross County games at all. I do not but care. Do you, but do you not? Do you not? I'm going to them both. Done? Yeah, absolutely. But that is my attitude. I'm like, just get them over and done with, and no one get hurt. It is Operation Stay Fit. Like I just don't care. It's like everybody <laughs> stay fit, free. and I'm fine. Oh. I don't care about the results. It's like if everybody stays fit, that's fine. Well, I suppose you're adamant that third's already out of tough. Anyways. I think third is. I think we could lose both the games and still get third. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> so it's mathematically secured um, but oh my god <laughs> ah, this is horrible this is not nice man Right. This is, this, these are the types of games that make you question why we do this shit I know, and I'm not talking about the podcast no just football just, fans yeah, just be hearts fans this is right. ho- oh, horrible let's, let's draw a line under it and focus on Livingston I couldn't give a toss. I know, we need to move on. We need to move on. In the back of your mind. We need to move on. This is is where non-football fans just don't get it. Like, this game is, what, the best part of a month away? (laughs) Oh, oh. Oh, it's no wonder I'm an insomniac at the minute. It's just, oh. I think I'll sleep about six hours till that game. I know, I know. (sighs) Never mind. Livy! At Tynecastle, Saturday. Yes, it's fine. That's the biggest game of the season. Beating them both times in the league. Progress past them on pen so wait, in the cup. Does that mean if we win hmm. and not nah, because it's too tight, I was like, and if the other teams get beat, but if they do, then teams will just replace them in fourth. We can't mathematically do it this weekend. Let's see, we're 13 points clear. No, so we've we seven 16. games to go. 
Seven oh, games. Yeah, there's seven 20, games. What, 21 points to play for. Aye. That's why I said the split. Pre-split is doable. Because Hibs, Hibs are away to Aberdeen at the weekend. Who have Hibs got, actually? Hibs have got... That's you, a draw. Hibs have got Aberdeen over. away. Then they've got United at home. And then us away. They could draw both of them. They love a draw. Jim Goodwin's duo win as Aberdeen manager. That's all I'm going to say. Is that who we do we would we prefer a draw or a win oh, for Aberdeen? What? Aberdeen, they're they're well. I say I say they're four points away from St Mirren. Obviously, that closes that gap. But it's quite funny. That's what I mean. See, it's funny to see them in tenth, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, but that's what I mean. Like, would Aberdeen fact, not no. just then replace? Yeah, no, fully because I want them to pull away from St Johnston, and I want whoever is in the Championship playoff places to relegate St Johnston, so that we never have to go back to McDermott Park. Sick of saying it. Would but would Aberdeen and Hibs? draw and not bring us closer to getting it mathematically done well, it's, it's what say, would Aberdeen go to if Aberdeen won say, what would they say, go to say in theory Aberdeen and Hibs draw right Aberdeen would be right. on 33 points after 31 games Hibs would go to 38 points after 31 games and say we beat Livy coupled with that draw we would then be 15 points clear with 7 There's games to left. go oh it's 7 left yeah sorry right then yeah an Aberdeen win an Aberdeen win would be fine then bye bye St Johnston um, this is a this is a really depressing narrative that I've created because of how where we are in the league I'm sort of just looking at other teams like mm, don't really care like, yeah but we're, we're so done, much better than everybody else like, apart from the old firm don't say that that makes us seem arrogant I don't want to come I mean it's not arrogance when you're 13 points clear I think listen there's so a Johnston really good are chance jobbies. Dundee are jobbies They're the I was just about to say and then it's a just good... a mismatch but there's a really good chance Livingston could come to Tynecastle and beat us on Saturday they're yeah. very they're, they're currently one of the most informed teams in the league and if we coupled that with a point a piece at Pataudry then obviously Livy open up a, a two point gap on Hibs so are you suggesting throwing the game against Livingston in the hope that <laughs> No, of course not. Because I want third done. I'm sick yeah. of debating whether it's finished or not. Just yeah. get it done and then there's no debate. What team would you play? Probably go... Because I don't... I'm still pretty unaware of the injury situation. I'd probably go the exact same bar... McInef for Woodburn and I know that McInef's so not really that. on the right hand side as such he did it though yeah <laughs> he did it very and, very and well at the end of the day if he's more about wanting a chance sometimes you've got to make those little sacrifices and play whatever and he was drifting enough. inside a lot yeah he, he and Atkinson linked up well and he provided the ball from a wide berth for Sims I'd like him I'd do the exact same I'd pick the exact same team but have McInef in for Woodburn score prediction 2-1 us you barely ever have gone for a win against us in recent weeks I know how 2-1 nah aye yeah 2-1 I think Nicky Devlin will score for them Nicky Devlin crikey yeah he's been getting loads of assists and I think he'll score eventually see I feel I feel like it's the wrong side given what you've Said about I know, uh, I know, but no. like it's but, but they scored from that other side. It's going to be Aye, the Allen Forest. Probably. 
or Forrest will cross for Bruce Anderson, who I wrote off at the start of the season. Oh, God. Now I... he's banging. Oh, maybe a day will win, because I forgot they've got Bruce Anderson now. And Big Noobly. Causing... Two all. I'm going two all. Two all? Yeah. I think Crazy. Nicky Devlin and Bruce Anderson will score. And I think Mind boys... you, the last game, Tiny was a draw in the cup, and we were, dare I say, fortunate to progress on penalties. No, we were better. Um, <laughs> I think Boyce and fuck it, Mac and F again, cementing oh, his place. I like that. What about you? Uh, well, we've not conceded in the lead to them this season, but that's. Oh, got I didn't ken that. But that's got to change. Three, three nil, and one nil. Was it not? Ah, oh, it was. Yeah. Apparently, I'm thinking we're going to have a disaster. <laughs> should 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 have conceded in the uh, the trip through there. Let's be honest. God, aye, that was Gordon's, like, minute of magic. And finally we've scored over two goals in a game. Jesus. In yeah. fact, you know what? I, thinking about it, oh I might go God. for the same scoreline that I said last week. There was 3-1, too optimistic, and we won 4-2. Get it up the lot of you. Yeah, 3-1 again. Fuck it. Who are your goal scorers? Um, <laughs> we saved Alan Forrest. Skip, skip so. the battle here. Yeah, Alan Forrest for Livy. Uh, and... Our number 18. Got, it's got to happen eventually. No. Uh, Liam Boyce, because he bagged through there. And, yeah, I'll go I'll go the big fella. Boyce, Sims, Baz. Well, we will see what happens on Saturday. This has been a very eventful episode, despite only having one game to speak about. But And a draw. Yeah, exactly. We hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, please let us know. You can get us on social media at Perth to Paisley. It's on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, please leave a like, subscribe and comment. It's much appreciated. If you're just listening to the audio version, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively, massively helps. You can also get in contact with us, Paisley at gmail.com on the email. Adam, how can they get you on all the socials? They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall and what about yourself mate? I'm at dmcivor22 we'll be back next week to discuss the Livingston game and kind of any other injury updates fallouts ahead of the international break loads of players are going to be back oh yeah absolutely everybody's going to be fit it's going to be great but until then we'll see you next time bye bye come on the hearts!